Suprega is a barren, inhospitable wasteland defined by its massive sinkholes. Even the surrounding seas are especially treacherous. Only the lower end of the island has something resembling civilization, which takes the form of a trade route that only the bravest can traverse, and those brave few make a living helping others make the crossing between the Kingdom of Lynx and the Republic. Recently, the delicate balance between people with their stegodron wagons and the fierce flora and fauna has been disrupted. Welcome, hold on, what's it called? <laughs> Welcome to Questopedia. Uh, character and world building podcast. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bodley. And I'm Jake Bush. Welcome. I'm Quest Giver today, and we are exploring a new region. Um, I don't know if we've really explained sort of how we how we do these. Every three episodes, we move into a new region, and the season is sort of 12 slash 13 episodes. And so we're in this new region of Suprega. We went, we started out in Niderlinks, and then we went to Nidex, and then Nocto Caristo, and now we are in Suprega. And one thing I noticed uh, as as I sort of like looked back on that path is we have been cowards. I have been a coward, at least. We've been avoiding the capitals and we kind of literally just skipped over the capital here. Um, <laughs> like if we were going in sort of geographic order, the next thing would have been to cover the capital of the Republic. Uh, and we kind of skipped it. So I thought it would be fun as our world building prompt to be. Um, let's name the capital, right? I think we're going to jump into them sort of next quote unquote season. and. I want to know what they're called and as, uh, to connect it to what we're talking about today, I want to name that path based on what the capitals of the two nations are, right? So, um, so what I was thinking, so like in Cincinnati, there, there would just randomly be a, a road that was like, this is Cincinnati Dayton road. And it's the road between Cincinnati and Dayton. And so I thought it'd be fun to have sort of our version of that. So let's name those two cities and then figure out what is this region called? It's the, it's the region between those two capitals. Um, for reference, we're at sort of the top of the map. If you're looking at like a, the horseshoe, it's like the, the middle of the horseshoe rather than the two ends. So this is sort of the connecting uh, area between the two nations. Uh, so let's, uh, let's figure that out. Let me... And it's it. the upper portion. Because north uh, doesn't exist. Yes, the upper portion. Right. Did I say north? It's the upper portion. It's Cardinal the lower portion of the upper portion. We are at the very sort of bottom tip of that land mass. Just imagine if the left leftward regions are the Americas and the rightward regions <laughs> are Europe, then Suprega is Greenland. So yeah, maybe this is a good good chance to like recap like what the how, like the layout of this world because um, we haven't talked about it in, since the very beginning. I don't think um, we've got sort of a pentagonal face of the planet, right? Because it's a, a twelve sided die shaped planet, and along the left side, there's sort of two major land masses. It's all arranged in a horseshoe with a gap at the bottom. The two landmasses are sort of a joint conjoined double landmass on the left is the Kingdom of Lynx. And the right side, we've been calling the Republic of Shavalo. That's maybe confusing since the whole face is called Shavalo. So that's also up for debate if we want to change that. And then each of those has a capital at the uh, far up end uh, of each of these. And then there's sort of this no man's land, uh, Suprega Island in between them. Yes. I'm going to propose my first uh, idea for the capitals based on okay. the color scheme of your map. How do you feel okay. about the names being Pokemon Violet and Pokemon Scarlet? <laughs> I literally, <laughs> literally, as you started, since I was, oh, it's purple and purple and red. It's kind of uh, Scarlet and Violet here. I, I, I'm good with starting off with Scarlet and Violet as our like as our like starting point. Not the not the Pokemon part. <laughs> what if we avoided copyrights and just said Pokemon Scarlet? Pokemon Violet. What a long name for a place. Yeah, I live in Pokemon Scarlet. And the pauses are important to it, or else they know you're not a native. Okay. What about this? What if we cut out the middle and it's just Monscar and Monvi? 
Okay, hold up. I need some clarification. What okay. exactly are we naming? Because the capitals have names. I thought we were naming the road. The the capitals don't have names. The the labels that are here oh. are the names of that, the, that like region. So this region is Superlinks. This region is Dexpra. But the right. capitals are these diamonds here, and they don't have names yet. Got and, it. And I've actually had multiple characters where I was like, yeah, he's from the capital of this place. And I haven't known what to call it. So, um, yeah, that's what we're naming. And then by extension, I thought it would be fun that whatever names we pick for these, we also combine them to name this sort of combining region. All about Scarlet Town and Violetsville. And the road is called Scarlet Town Violetsville Road. What if the road is called the Road to Indigo Plateau? You're really trying to turn this into a Pokemon podcast, aren't you? <laughs> I just like themes for episode. I don't know about you guys, but it helps me remember yeah. what went down. If we can kind of focus in on one specific IP for our episode. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, but then it's like, then that's the, then it's assigned for the rest of eternity because those cities will always be the capital Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like something deriving from that. I don't like it actually being named Pokemon. Or poke Emin. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I have to agree with Brian on that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I wasn't oh, going to fight about? it too hard. I was just seeing how much I could poke the bear on this one. Um, I do like the idea of like, what if it is, there is some big landmark, like natural landmark in each of them. And so it's like, maybe on the east side, uh, there is a bunch of like, maybe it's a more deserty region. And so there's like a canyon and maybe some like, uh, really tall towering spires or mesas. So maybe like that city is called Scarlet Spire. Oh, that's fun. I guess the first thing for alliteration reason, do you guys know of any landmarks that begin with a V? Oh, a valley is an obvious one. Valley. Violet Valley. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> on one side, there's a canyon and on the other side, there's a valley. Oh, it's spires, what you said. Scarlet Spires. Yeah, they're kind of like opposites. So Violet Valley. Wait, a canyon and a valley. What is the difference between a canyon and a valley? No. They're the same, right? A canyon's narrower. No, a, a canyon, a canyon has been like well, a canyon is like narrower, but it it's like a geographical Is it the way it's formed, maybe? It's, yeah, like water has carved out a canyon, whereas a valley yeah. might it's just due to like tectonics, I believe. Just there are mountains over there, valley and there are mountains like over there, basin, and therefore this is a valley. Uh, within the mountains, whereas a canyon is like a trench that goes through the mountains or something. And also, I was thinking of it more as like yeah, canyon yeah, lands or like Bryce Canyon to go to some Utah National Parks here, where it's like a series of winding trails. And then within that, there's also like spires that are jetting up like in the Badlands or Devil's Tower, for example, that are just shooting up. And the biggest one is the yeah, Scarlet yeah. Spire that reaches to the sky. And so that's why they call this town Scarlet Spires or Scarlet Spire. I like that. I, we've talked about like the top being a little bit more civilized with the exception of Suprega. I like the idea of having that type of like like big rock formations and like cool spires and canyons, but also having it be like very popular. Yeah. Right. Because that's not something we see a ton. Right. Because usually that's in like a, a you know, a, a desert that's hard to live in, that kind of thing. Um, I like that idea a lot. Which side is that going to be? I guess they're both similar. If one is no one's the valley side, I think the one on the left, um, the Kingdom of Links side, uh, maybe we lean towards it's well, like for alliteration purposes, it would make sense for Violet Valley and Scarlet Spires. Yeah, yeah. So let's put the let's say all of Dexpra is sort of like that, and then the capital. Well, and like the whole the whole uh, right side of the map doesn't have to be that landmark just i'm thinking specific to this capital area oh right yeah but I, so I, i'm expanding it out to like maybe this land mass would, have, yeah. would extend a little bit of that right obviously so yeah I, I like that a lot so at least the upper end of dexpra is 
is a lot of like narrow valleys and cool rock formations and Goblin Valley and things like that. But it's also like a big city and suburbs and all of that stuff in within it. The capital is called Scarlet Spires. Is that how we feel? That that sound that does sound like a Pokemon Paradox form name. It gets my secret requirement that I was hoping for this episode that it's Pokemon uh, adjacent. <laughs> yeah. Are we going with Violet Valley then on the other I side? I think we have to. And it's just a big basin. I like and that. there's like maybe a like 90 degree rotated horseshoe that goes around it that makes up the basin of Mount. So a horseshoe of mountains that go around the basin. Yeah, it could even be like, what if this entire continent is just surrounded by mountain? We already have established the scaleback mountains right. on the lower side in Niter Links. What if it sort of came up and yeah, split that... and then rejoined at the top? So the whole place is just a huge valley. That could be pretty cool. I like that. That seems fun to me. Um, yeah, so now we got to cool. name the road, right? This world building prompt is is giving even more than I expected because we ha- kind of had to like work backwards. I like that. So Scarlet Spires. So is Violet yes. Valley the name of the capital over here too? Yeah. Okay. So Scarlet Spires and Violet Valley. I assume they would have nicknames. I, I would assume, so. like those are sort of long names. I think they would just call them Scarlet and Violet. Or, or yeah, they sure. could do that. But I was gonna say like people still call it Los Angeles. In New York City, so we just call them double <laughs> double V and double S. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't want a city called SS. I, I don't love SS. Um, <laughs> S Town, V Town, Violet. But yeah, Scarlet and Violet works fine for me. Yeah, and then the path between them is called Scarvy. <laughs> I was gonna say the natural progression does indicate Indigo Road, but <laughs> also, have you thought about the fact that Scarlet and Violet both end with if let? What if it's called? Let's go Pikachu and Eevee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love Wait, it. Brian, I thought you were on my side about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay, I like Scarvy or Let's Go. Let's Go, like if it's just Let's Go, that actually, you can spell it L-E-T-Z-K-O, Let's Go. That's fun. Yeah. What if Soprago is also called the Soprago Inlet? I don't know if it can be an inlet because it's a landmass. That's true. But what if they name things different in this world? What if it's an outlet? Oh, what if it's an outlet? What if the two roads going to Soprago are the inlet roads and it's called the Soprago outlet? Wait. Okay, another thing we have to figure out. You said roads, roads to Suprega. There is water in between and the capitals and Suprega, so we should figure that out. How do you get from the capital Suprega? I assumed boat. See, that's what I was also trying to figure out was like, is there a bridge from Violet Valley to Suprega and another bridge from Suprega to to I could see that Um, they're pretty close I I like the idea of there being bridges to there and that's sort of the end of civilization is like when the bridge meets the landmass of Suprega like that's when it gets wild yeah and that's and it's like a pit stop for people traveling from the two continents like they stop in Suprega to restock and refuel it's like the Oregon Trail and that's that's their one what I like to picture is what if it's a what if that like is an extension of the city that like the bridge has like shops and stuff all the way along it? Like it's like a really long sort of extension of the city because there's like outfitters and like businesses for shipping and that kind of thing. Like all of these like guilds that we've been talking about that we'll be like playing with today. Like what if they have their bases like on the bridge? Yeah, I like that idea. It almost makes them feel like these important like man-made land masses that they've created that show that also demonstrate the technological superiority of uh, these upper portions of the this face of the world. Um, I know we also talked about um, Suprega being like a research base or like having research bases, kind of like Antarctica situation. 
Um, so I think, yeah, once you get to the landmass, then there's like a stretch of like forgotten gas stations that you'll see out in uh, the Air Mountain area when you travel between like Salt Lake and St. George and three hours into that journey. There's like nothing except for like two gas stations. I think that's what it is. But if you take an off road to the upper portion of it, then you eventually get to the scientific bases where they're research. Yeah. And one thing I kind of pictured with these sinkholes is that they would be constantly shifting. So nothing can cool. stay for long, right? And so I like the idea of like, all of these are like semi-temporary, but if you do like go to a certain area, it's like, oh yeah, you can tell that there was an attempt at a settlement here. I like that. Yeah. So then this very lower tip, this is where people are making the crossing. There's like a, a decent amount of trade going on, right? We haven't talked a ton about the relationship between Lynx and Shval. Maybe we save that for another one. I want to rename the Republic. I'm just going to refer to that as the Republic for now. Put a pin in it with this thought. We can come back to it. The namings of this were based on Esperanto and German. Kingdom of Lynx, because Lynx is uh, derived from Lynx in German, which means left. Rex is right. So it could just be the Republic of Rex or Rex Republic. I like that. Or T-Rex's Republic of Dinosaurs. I think when we didn't actually have to like live in this world and like talk about it a lot, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. It kind of makes sense that it's not super parallel. I didn't like it to be super parallel, but it is also annoying having the Republic be named the same as the whole like area of Earth. So yeah, I like having cool. it, it having another name and I like Rex. Okay, so it's the Kingdom of Lynx and the Rex Republic. Okay, but <laughs> weren't we going to name the road? <laughs> oh, the road is either going to be... The, yeah, we got, we got distracted from that. It's either going to be... What I'm leaning towards is Scarvy or Let's Go. What if that's the two roads? Like, each road is named different. Like, one is Scarvy and one is Let's Go. Oh, are you talking about the bridges? Oh, you're saying the one across Suprega. I'm just saying, like, this sort of area where people are making the crossing, it has a name, and it's named after the fact that it's between these two. But I like that idea, too. Um, yeah, what if it's just... Uh... Inter Interstate 1. Okay. <laughs> okay, perfect. And they're like, what's a state? <laughs> I mean, state can mean many things. A republic can be a state and a kingdom can be a state. What yeah. was the name of the language we made? Usual. Usual. Maybe state is just usual for road. Land, like landmasses or, or for road, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, cool. It's called Interstate 1. <laughs> I, 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 and I think Scarvy is the bridge on the left and be. Let's Go is the bridge on the right. Okay, perfect. The whole thing. Was we just named a bunch of stuff. We had established a lot of stuff. This was good world building. I like <laughs> Now we don't need to do an episode. We just need to make up names. So let me give a little bit more detail now that we're sort of getting into the quest. So this lower region we've talked about being um, in Interstate 1 is extremely wild, inhospitable. It's got these shifting sinkholes. But there's one point in the middle that you always know is sort of there's a bridge that is a reliable bridge. It's a sturdy bridge. It's been able to resist, you know, things falling apart for whatever reason. This area is stable enough. It can support this bridge over this particular sinkhole. And so it's very important, right? Like, I, I like the idea that there's not just one path, right? Like every time you cross, you are swashbuckling through, right? It is always new. It's always a new path. Different companies will probably take different routes, that kind of thing. Um, but they all have to cross over this one bridge because otherwise they're just not going to make it. So the prompt I gave you was, what if that bridge uh, had been overrun by, yes. what did I say, carnivorous plants? How would I call them? Yes. yes. Carnivorous so, plants. So basically, all trade is at a standstill. There's a boat stuck in the Suez Canal, and we got to deal with these carnivorous plants. And what I was thinking is that these, these carnivorous plants are radishes. <laughs> um we established at the very start that Jed was a radish rancher. 
May he rest in peace. That I contested, he can't be a rancher of radishes because radishes are not an animal. But what if they were? So here's what I'm picturing. You know those, I actually have, I have a, a visual available for you guys. You know the shacks uh, from Star Wars that Anakin rides around on on Naboo? The big bulbous wombat-like creatures? I did not know that that's what they were called, but now I do. It's very weird to me, though, because there's also a Jedi named Shaq T, spelled the same way. Was she named after the animal? Maybe they were a rancher. You know what's also weird? We as humans have animal names as our last names, like fox or wolf. It, it's probably a similar thing. Fair enough. I'll allow it, Shaq T. Or they didn't think about it. That could be it, too. So what I'm picturing is what if the, the radishes basically look like this, except they've got long, leafy tails that are then harvested, right? So you like when the tails like shed off, they grow new ones and those you can sort of clean up and make a salad. OK, but then if they're wild and feral uh, shocks, then they're taking over the bridge and not letting anyone through and storming people. So just to clarify, do do their leafy tails actually grow radishes on them or is their entire body a radish and you only harvest the leaves. That's what I was picturing. You only harvest the leaves unless you're, I mean, you could kill it and harvest it for its meat and then it would be radish like meat. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I mean, I, I guess if we're, if we're determining that radishes are animals, then you can assume that they're, you know, kind of like dairy cows. You can either use byproducts yes. or you can just eat the animal itself. Exactly. The leaves are a byproduct. And so that's, that's mostly what they're used for. Uh, but you could also kill them and use them for their, for their succulent radish meat, <laughs> a phrase I never thought I would say. <laughs> but I'm very glad you did. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm picturing. And so we've got this this bridge and we've got our guild the, of which I have uh, created the leader. Also, just a quick comment. So because the quest we were given and part of the backstory of my character is based around this is that we're up against some carnivorous plants. Yes. But then you just recategorized them as animals so I would like to just put forward that they are both plants. Oh, they. And oh, yeah, animals. totally fair. Yeah, they definitely are plants. Uh, they're. Okay. Yeah, I think. I think making them carnivorous implies kind of makes them animals. Uh, but yeah, they they are both plants and animals. Kind of like how a Venus flytrap sort of feels right. like an animal. Yeah, even though it's not. I think for whatever character definition your character needs it to be, it can be. Okay, so my character is uh, is a Dinoborn, which is a Dragonborn, but with dinosaurs. Um, and she's a Stegosaurus-looking Dinoborn. And she's a Beastmaster Ranger who takes care of Stegosauruses. So how I'm kind of picturing it is like a tortle. It's it's like a humanoid tortoise, um, except instead of the big shell on its back, it's just got like... That's smaller stegosaurus plates. Is that correct? That's that's exactly. I almost I almost had her be a turtle and have it be like an off branch of turtles because it kind of made more sense with like the shape of the back. But I don't know. I think I like the idea of us having dino borns in this. Yeah, world. I don't know if we've established that earlier, but I do feel like that is a good uh, custom race to yeah. include. Um, and it's either going to be a reskin. Uh, we, we've also had dragonborns, so I guess they're different. But there, it, it could be a variation so. of dragonborns as far as statistics. Yeah, uh, I'm down with that. So. Her, her story is that she grew up in uh, Scarlet Spires and then she I'm filling in blanks here. She grew up in Scarlet Spires and went to Violet Valley for because she wanted to go to the academy there. But in the process of sort of traveling there and traveling back to visit her family and stuff, she actually realized that what she loved was was making the crossing. Right. She loved being on Interstate One. She loved, you know, dealing with the unexpected. And so she started her own crossing guild uh, called Roof Lizards. Uh, because that apparently is what <laughs> Stegosaurus means literally. Good to know. Oh, 
uh, I guess stego means roof. They're, they're like little roofs for its back. Yeah, I guess those are like a roof. They seem more <laughs> like spikes, but yeah, sort of the idea of having armor <laughs> along the top of them makes them roofs. Uh, so anyway, her the name of her guild is Roof Lizards. And uh, yeah, so she, that's like her whole thing now. She manages a sort of fleet herd. I feel like it's more of a fleet if you're using them to sort of travel and carry things. So she's got a fleet of stegosauruses that she manages, and then she sort of employs people to make the crossing. She doesn't make the crossing as much herself now that she's a little bit older. Um, but yeah, she just loves it. She just loves sort of being there. And now that there's sort of an opportunity, right? If you're the one, if you're the guild that can break through and sort of clear the radishes from the bridge, uh, there's a big, there's a lot of money to be made. So she's like, hey, let's do this. She's like, I'm, I'm actually going to go out for this one bring you back in for one last job. The celebrity I'm picturing is Lucy Lawless, sort of a Xena warrior princess. Um, and I, I actually just realized I didn't name my character. So her name is going to be Lucy Lawless. Because <laughs> that's actually a really cool name for someone who spends time on Interstate 1. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name is just Lucy Lawless. I'm not going to be cute with it. <laughs> Love it. Should I go next? Yeah, I'll let you go, Houston. Why don't you guys take a minute? Uh, get ready to type something. Oh, is it another word puzzle? It's not a word puzzle, but I just want to... This helps visually okay. in my mind to express something. I want you to type the name Patrick. Okay. So P-A-T-R-I-C-K for those who are that. not familiar with it. Um, now, it looks okay, like a silly name, name especially when you insert it into a fantasy world, right? Like if there's a character named Patrick. Are you suggesting that it also seems ridiculous, but less ridiculous in the real world? Yes, I am. I think Patrick's a silly name. I'm not going to lie. You might need to explain this to me. Yeah, I was going to say, there might be some Patricks that could be fairly offended right now. Is it because it's two names mushed together? Kind of. Also, like, Patrick from SpongeBob kind of leans into it. Not saying that, like, I don't like Patrick people or anything, or that it's like, oh, your name's Patrick. I'm just going to mock you entirely. But it's, like, a silly-looking name. But then delete the K and type an H. And then suddenly, <laughs> Patrick... You can still pr pronounce it Patrick, but it looks more majestic. It looks like a okay. fantasy adventure name. It looks like you misspelled patriarch. That's kind of it. That's where I think it kind of gets that like masculine feel to or it. Or it's like a nickname for someone named Patricia. 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 Which I'm hoping you also don't feel is a silly name. No, Patricia's okay. Anyway, <laughs> the point I was getting is my character's name is Patrick Snow. Um, but I did want to go through this mental exercise because i do think patrick is one letter away from being like a silly bard name to like a noble majestic name well as you were um putting forth that the name patrick is silly i was like i wonder what the etymology of the name patrick is and it turns out that it comes from originally from latin um and in rome uh Patricless. was that's oh, greek that's probably related but it was like derived from patricius which is literally Latin for nobleman. Well, you know what? They blunder. It's not true if you spell it with a K. Exactly. That K just messes everything up. K might be one of the sillier letters in the alphabet is what I'm getting at. Actually, it really is. K is a pretty useless letter. It wouldn't be if we got rid of C. Don't get me started. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I am willing to grant that Patrick with an H is a much more noble version of the name. And Patrick Snow, is he related um, to no. the Hunger Games program? And that's funny you mentioned it because... He's also not related to Jon Snow of Game of Thrones, which I thought would be the first go to for his name, especially because I'm going to mention that he lives in the upper regions of Violet Valley uh, in a very cold, blizzardy area, which rings Jon Snow quite a bit. 
Um, but he's also not based on Jon Snow. He is a beast hide shifter. Now, a beast hide shifter race is, for the most part, I think you can uh, give them some variety to it, but they basically look like somewhere between a human and maybe a Goliath, especially beast hide shifter. Um, he's a beast hide shifter, so he can transform into like more animalistic, like uh, buff, beefy bear like creature. But then he's also a beast barbarian, which when he's raging, he gets even more animal features. So oh. basically when he rages and shifts, he's going to become this like large, furry, yoked lizard man. I've never heard of this beast hidemaster thing, but it's very cool. Um, is hidemaster basically just a shapeshifter, but with more limitations? It, so the race is shifter and they have. Oh, OK. Uh, OK. Beast hide is a type of shifter. I thought it was they were saying they're a, sh- a gotcha. hide shifter. With the subcategory of beast. Okay. Got it. It's a shifter that is beast focused type. on yeah. becoming um, animals. So it becomes like basically the lizard from the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but bigger and hairier and more like savage okay. and also practical effects is what he looks like. Good. Yeah, he's not CGI. So that was a big influence for him joining up with the Roof Lizards Guild because he was naturally going to join a guild at some point. He just wanted to be part of something important. And that's the one that felt like would accept him when he goes into his furious rage. Um, A big thing about Patrick Snow, he grew up in the mountains where it's perpetually snowing or icy. Um, And like... He saw trees a lot, some big bushes as well, but he didn't have very much exposure to plants. One day when he was doing his rite of passage to become uh, from going from a young boy to a young man, his father took him out to the jungle and this blew his mind. Like there's no snow on the ground. What is this mud thing that I see? But the biggest shock (laughs) was plants, especially the Venus flytraps of this jungle, which were human size and very aggressive. It was a very traumatic experience for him. And the only way he really deals with this trauma is by beasting out, raging out and kind of getting back at these plants. Nice. So most people, the interesting concept I wanted to go with this is most people, when they think of like, Oh, you're becoming this like uh, Mr. Hyde or this werewolf or this big lichen monster. They think, oh, yeah. they're now this carnivorous, uh, savage, feral beast. He is all that, except now he's a herbivore and a very aggressive herbivore. And he, <laughs> he just craves so he salad just, he and just he just craves shreds salad. it apart. Like you give him a head of cabbage and it's going to be shredded lettuce by the end. So he got <laughs> excited. He got excited that there that there are radishes. Uh, he felt that this was the the third act quest of his video game that he was on. Like everything in his life was building to this moment. I hope he doesn't screw it up. Hey, I honestly, I, I kind of love the entire just like general concept of someone being a vegetarian, not because they love animals and yeah. want to like preserve no. them, but because they just yeah. Hate yeah. Plants. And and again, when he's not double shifted, double transformed, he's like very cautious of plants. But when he shifts and he rages, then he has yeah, uh, way too much vigor. In taking out plants. That's how he deals with it. Another influence I was taking for this was in Inglorious Bastards when they're like, oh, here comes the bear Jew, who's like the big bulky uh, bat swinging uh, Jew who takes out a lot of the Nazis when they're hunting them down. That's kind of how they're treating Patrick is like, 
Yeah. Oh, these plants think they're hot shiz or something. Let's bring in Patrick. He's going to take them out. And he just goes ham on them. And his uh, celebrity voice, because he does look like a big lizard monster, um, but with practical effects. But with practical effects. And so when he is a human, or when we're uh, transforming his voice to make it more monster-like, he is played by Leif Schreiber, who... who Okay. Yeah, I've... Leaves. I I've heard he's that a name. very like talented indie actor. His one, I think he, he's come out in a couple things, but the main thing people would recognize him from is Ray Donovan. Uh, also, Sabretooth from X Men Wolverine Origins, not yeah. the first X Men. Oh, that's how I yeah. that's how I recognize him. I recognize him as Ray Donovan, even though I've never watched it. <laughs> he's also in the Scream movies for a couple of them. He's in Spotlight. He. He's been in a few things. Leopold. Um, but yeah, that's Patrick with an H. Okay, cool. Yeah, Patrick with an H. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. So for some reason, it seems like me and Houston have this tendency to create characters that either go super well with each other or are just like innately <laughs> at odds with one another. <laughs> and my my character yes, um, is basically it. the antithesis of Houston's character <laughs> um, because... She loves plants with all her heart. In fact, she only eats meat because she refuses to consume plant matter because she thinks it's barbaric. And um, her name is Aurora Florealis. <laughs> That's the best name. That's the best name. That's pretty good. I love that name, Aurora Thank Florealis. Thank you. Especially, especially, like, I, this, is a, this is a great, this all came together really well in my mind. Um, especially because uh, she is a native Whoa. of Suprega. And, you know, Aurora Borealis, like, yeah. she's from the Northland. The Upland. Um, the, the city, so not much is known about Suprega, as we discussed, but there are some settlements, apparently, because she is from Suprega, and uh, specifically the <laughs> city of Suprega called Norwega. Isn't that just Norway in Spanish? Yes. <laughs> but they don't pronounce it in Norwega. Yeah, yeah. They pr just pronounce it. Norwega. I mean, in a, in a usual accent. Yeah, in whatever accent they, they use. So she is a druid bard. She is multi-classing on that. Nice. Because her druid abilities give her, like, you know, power over plants and nature and all of that um, so that she can protect and love them and also use them against her enemies if she needs to because she is, like, allied with the plants. But she's also a bard because she is an extremely talented okay. singer. Her highest stat is Wisdom followed by charisma. Uh, her lowest stat would be strength because she is like early 20s um, girl. Um, and she's just, to kind of give some description of her like physical appearance, she's just very small, like short and very petite. What race again? And she has like, uh, oh, sorry. She is a, oh, I skipped over this and this is important. She is an Eladrin. The Ladrin elf? Which I didn't know existed until I looked up updated D, D races nice and it's just it's an elf right yeah it's a sub race of elf the subtitle for it was elves native to the fey wild a realm of beauty oh okay. beauty <laughs> unpredictable emotion and boundless magic which i felt described her pretty well so i did yeah. i didn't want her to just be like a normal elf except she's not native to the fey wild she's native to yeah. norwega um so she is just like very small framed she has like like white cool. blonde hair and piercing beautiful blue eyes and 
that's a vibe that's a real vibe yeah yeah for sure and she has like kind of an unconventional like hairstyle she'll have it in braids sometimes or she'll put like beads or trinkets in her hair um she's very fair-skinned and she speaks in like a very soft uh very high sort of sing-song voice and she just has like this air of mysticism about her right and uh i will now show you a representation uh via image of who i imagine this to be in the general chat what is her name i love her it's aurora oh that's right okay (laughs) uh yeah so if anyone is familiar with the musician (laughs) uh singer artist uh from from norway (laughs) named aurora that's uh sort of who my okay the question i still have for this character is why is she part of this like guild like i guess she loves loves plants i'm glad you asked okay cool because as your two characters were in a tavern in suprega trying to figure out what do we do about this whole carnivorous plant situation um she was the musical entertainment in the tavern that night and so she overheard this conversation and she went over and approached you because she wanted to join up to see if she could help uh, and so she's like a new hire with the roof lizards. Um, you could almost kind of consider her like a contractor, like it's a temporary thing. And they're like, why would you want to join? And she just kind of says, because all the plants are my friends. And I'm sure if these plants are feeling aggressive, then I just need to go speak to them and see what's wrong. And maybe I can help resolve this without any need for violence i feel like if we roll all 20s we're still gonna have a mixed success on this <laughs> we roll perfectly and we're just like no one's gonna be happy with the outcome houston's character and my character have polar opposite approaches to what is happening here because she wants to go soothe the plants out of their aggression and i want to feed on their juices i i think what i think what we do is your your roles are going to be contested yes, basically i love this like the higher the role the, the better right like that'll like change the outcome like we'll still have high roles mean high outcome but whoever wins between you two on those roles that's that's the approach that will like yeah like do this. better. i like this a lot and i also want to make it clear that just because she is like you know just because she loves plants that that doesn't mean that she's not a very capable person yeah. when push comes to shove and so like who knows if she gets a nat 20 and this thing, you know, goes south. <laughs> I, I am Maybe a open to it. Her is just killing Houston's character <laughs> to protect plants. She has no problem. She has no problem with violence against humans and animals. She just wants to defend the plants. Yeah. What are it's just it's just meat? Exactly. And that's my character. And I'm I'm just trying to like maintain the peace and just I'm just trying to get the job done. And I'm just you know you're just the here. straight man. Just, I'm Lucy Lawless, but I'm here to lay down the law. Comedy. Both of us, ha- you know, could help you achieve your goal, even though we're kind of at odds with each other. Like. My character joined up because she basically overheard that Houston's character could potentially be committing violence against plants. So like a lot of your motivation is you saw me like all hulked out at a table devouring this whole like cauldron of carrots and just like just like ripping them and shredding them and uh, throwing their stems across the, the tavern floor. And you're just like, no, this guy cannot be allowed out in the wild. It made me furious. Yes. And I feel like she took those stems and she braided them into a necklace. And swore vengeance upon Houston's character. All right. Let's see let's see how this goes. Roll D20. Okay, I'll go I'll, I'll sort of lay out laid out lay out the setup. We hitch up a couple of or a, a, I think we probably bring some sort of lackeys as well to sort of, you know, help out and that kind of thing. So we'll have access to sort of 
um, supplies and um, sort of help if you if you have a strategy that you want to try that's like, hey, you know, send those five people over there or whatever. We'll have some sort of staff that's sort of helping out. And I think we're just sort of like ready to go. We wake up early in the morning. We're like, all right, let's do this. We actually sneak out of we actually sneak out of the bridge town um, so that none of the other parties know that we're going because there's a lot of guilds. right? This is sort of a competition as well. So we leave Brighton early. We've got our Stegos hitched up, which I am calling them Stegos because it's like a fun, cool nickname for Stegosauruses. And um, we hitch them up and we we head out and we I'm going to say that my role represents our sort of navigation. I rolled a 19 and I say that just sort of re that represents our preparedness and we, we get right to the bridge nice and early. We're ready for whatever's about to happen. I'm feeling very confident. I don't know that there's this this beef uh, between between my main two uh, helpers here, uh, but I'm just feeling good and I'm ready to go. Do we reveal our roles at the same time, Jake? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Fifteen. Seven. Oh. <laughs> yes, the carnivorous plant eater wins out. Dang it. All right, so I guess you get to lead with your approach. Yes, exactly. So on our scale, a 15 is the lowest of successes, but it's still success. It's a good approach. And a seven is uh, a mixed success. So I think that actually aligns pretty well for what we're doing um i guess we can figure out our average but i assume we had a success on this mission yeah that's 13.7 that's a 14 oh it's a it's a mixed success um i think you jake can define the terms yep. of why it's a mixed success not just for your character but maybe your character knows um something about these plants that because they're destroyed it's going to have yeah. some repercussions on the land because i think like we assume we get the job done like I Ooh, eat all cool. the plants. You save maybe a few that you hide the, from the me. team. Yeah. Um, but the reason why you wanted to save them is because they do have some benefit to the uh, ecological surroundings. Well, that's that's a good take. But I immediately came up with how this was a mixed success from the beginning. <laughs> and that is because, you know, essentially when we show up, we already kind of know what each person's approach was. Um, Aurora Florialis planned on just speaking with the plants and using her druid magic to calm them down and allow passage. Um, but when she started speaking, uh, Houston's character, uh, Patrish, just immediately started, you know, like attacking and just like shredding them up and just like carving up a, a way through these plants. She's horrified. She's like screaming for him to stop. He's just not listening. Um, she tries to cast some protective spells. They're pretty, like, ineffective. And as soon as all the plants are eradicated at Patrick's hand, she is just stunned and horrified at the scene before her. And so she realizes that, like, in Patrick's current sort of deranged state, she doesn't want to engage in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And so she just walks over to Brian... Uh, your character over to Lucy Lawless and she just says I quit <gasps> and she turns around and she starts walking back to the tavern where she sings and as she's walking back she promises to herself that she will not rest and she will not sleep until she has hunted you both down and oh, killed no. you when you least expect it I think this is going to extend beyond just those two and this is going to be the making of Wanda the villain yeah. in Doctor Strange. So, so our success is we did like clear the path. Like you cleared the path, you got through, and now you have someone. <laughs> this is terrifying. Who is hunting down your life? Oh man, we did it. We did it. We've done a lot this episode. We've uh, we've learned a lot about the world. Uh, we had a 
we had some real conflict going on. We don't have a lot of conflict when we reduce everything to one die roll. Um, but we had sort of interpersonal conflict on this one. And it was lots of fun. Uh, anything else we, before we wrap up? He also casts a spell upon Patrick so that all uh, vegetable just like tastes like cow manure what, from now what on. What unearthed arcana spell is that one? I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, Jake, you can't just make up spells. You wouldn't You wouldn't be familiar with it. It's it's native to Norway. Well, and it's Norway a Norwegian curse. I think I rolled a natural 20 on my saving throw. It's a Norwegian curse, yeah. El Elvish magic. Yeah, if you can make up spells, you can just make up die rolls. I rolled a 21, so. All right. Thanks for joining us on <laughs> Questopedia. That was up and bye.